Welcome to Marksman, a program for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. My name is Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you've joined me for today's podcast. We have been in an exciting journey. We've been digging into Hebrews chapter 11. It is the Hall of Fame for God in the Bible. It is where God highlights and showcases certain men, and there's women included, but certain people that he says, by faith, they did this. By faith, they did this. By faith. And faith is a word that we would say trust. It was through trust that they did these things. They, it was in relationship. It was, through, it was in covenant relationship that they did what they did. And God now commends them. God now highlights them. He features them in this chapter. And that's why we're kind of you know, coining the phrase, the Hall of Fame. And it's in Hebrews chapter 11. Been on a journey for a number of weeks, and it's not over. And I'm okay with that. I'm enjoying this journey together with you. You know, we've looked at uh, Abel. We've looked at uh, Enoch. We've looked at Noah. We've looked at Abraham. Had about five episodes, I believe, on Abraham and then, of course, we recently have been looking at Isaac, and we, I think, had nearly three episodes, I believe it was three episodes, uh, on Isaac out of Hebrews 11, verse 20, where it says, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. You know, the Bible says in the book of John that the Holy Spirit would be in our life because he would show us things to come. God shows us things to come. And that's something that we can speak and we can release. We can partner with heaven. And so as we look at Hebrews 11, verse 20, and now we're going to roll into verse 21, where it says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped as he leaned upon his staff. So again, both with Isaac and with Jacob, we see this as they're dying or as they're passing. They are releasing the blessing. They are saying what God had said over Abraham. The blessing God had spoke over Abraham, now they are speaking it over the next generation. And as men, we have a responsibility to the next generation. Even if you don't have children personally, there's still a generation that needs to hear the voice of men, the voice of men who have been marked by Christ, the voice of men who have given their lives in devotion and obedience and submission to Christ. This generation needs to hear your voice. This generation needs to hear the voice of men who are walking with the man's man, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so as we're getting into this, this is the one thing we're highlighting out of verse 20, verse 21, um, the power of the blessing, the power of the words we speak. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. We have the power to bless. We have the power to curse. And we've been on quite a journey. We've dug into a lot of detail on this. So I can't recap it all, but let's continue the journey today as we dig into verse 21, by faith, Jacob, 
Now, Jacob, of course, was the one who stole the blessing from Esau, his brother. His his brother did receive some blessing, but Jacob basically got the firstborn blessing. He got the birthright. He deceived his brother twice to do this. Um, and so now we're going to go back to Genesis 28 and pick up that journey. But what we just read in verse 21, where it's referring to Joseph, um, you know, receiving blessing, you know, his two sons, that's Manasseh and, and Esau, or not Manasseh, Ephraim and Manasseh. Those are two sons of Joseph. But we can't jump right into that. <laughs> we kind of have the same situation we had with Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau. We got got to get Isaac married first before we can start about get into him blessing his children. He wasn't even married when we left off the previous episode. So same thing here, Genesis 11, I'm sorry, Hebrews eleven twenty one. Jacob is dying and he's going to bless the sons of Joseph. And But before we get that, we got to, we just left off with Jacob having stole the blessing. We're going to go back to Genesis chapter 28. So if you got your Bibles, and if you don't, just listen on. Um, then when you get another chance, maybe listen again with your Bible in your in your hand. Take some notes, do some study. The number one thing I, I hope to accomplish in these podcasts is to provoke your conversation with the Lord, to provoke your conversation with your family, with your spouse, with your children, grandchildren, um, with your brothers in Christ. You know, it's all about a conversation, and the most important conversation is one that you'll have with the Lord, and you'll see. In Jacob's life, sometimes you will find yourself wrestling with God. And that's okay, because God will win. <laughs> and when God wins, we are changed, and our identities changed. And we, we find that out in this journey, but I don't want to jump too quick into that right now. But let's go back to Genesis chapter 28, because Jacob has just stole the blessing that would have been Esau, the eldest, but now Jacob has taken that, and uh, Isaac has said, I'm sorry, Esau, I, I've already given the blessing to Jacob. I can't take it back. And so he blessed Esau as far as he could. Esau is so mad, he has swore to kill his brother. Um, Rebecca says, oh my gosh, we got to get you out of here, Jacob. And of course, then Isaac is is called in on the matter, and let's jump in, verse 1 Genesis 28, Isaac called Jacob and he blessed him and he charged him and said, you shall take your wife um, from the daughters of Canaan. So he he had the blessing and you know, the next step is he's, he's probably going to be looking to get married. So now he's just like it was with Abraham, not wanting Isaac to have a wife from a worldly, ungodly place. And he sent his servant, you know, to his household, his kinsman. And that servant got Isaac, his wife, Rebecca. Now uh, Jacob is saying the same thing. Don't, or I'm sorry, Isaac saying the same thing to Jacob. Don't take a wife from the ungodly. Uh, go back, and he's actually going to now send him back to his wife's brother, um, his brother-in-law, basically uh, Laban, which would of course be Jacob's uh, uncle. And he said, I want you, uh, arise, go to Padam Aran, to the house of Bethuel, uh, thy mother's father, going to be your uncle, and take you a wife from, of the da- from the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. And verse 3, Genesis 28, 
and God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you may be a multiplier of people and a multitude of people and give you the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger which God gave unto Abraham. So again, we're, we're this idea of generations, the generation of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're now into the generation of Jacob, but it's all tied back to God's covenant blessing upon Abraham, God's covenant words spoken over Abraham that then were conferred to Isaac and now have been conferred to Jacob. And now Jacob then is heading out and he's going to find a wife in the house of his uncle Laban. And so we're going to kind of just hit some high points through these next few chapters as we follow along, because again, the reason we're taking the time to see the detail in some of this is because we're able to see the Bible is not just a Facebook post. It's not just social media. It's not just the highlight reel of all the good points, all the all the trophies, all the blue ribbons. <laughs> there's some there's some crashes in here. There's some there's some betrayal. There's some hurt. There's some pain. There's some setbacks. There's some sidesteps. There's many sleepless nights recorded um, for these men. And so we are now in Genesis 28 and verse 10. Let's jump in there. Jacob went out from Beersheba. Let's see a little bit about his faith right here. He went towards uh, Haran and he lighted upon a certain place. If you look at the margin, it says he encountered the place. He encountered the place. And he tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place, the place he encountered and came upon and he put them up for his pillows and he lay down in that place to sleep and he dreamed a dream and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and the top of it reached to the heavens and behold, the angels of God. We've heard a lot about angels. I mean, Abraham said, my angel will be with you, talking to the servant, going to get the wife for Isaac. And, you know, there's just, there's a lot of language about angels. Same thing with uh, Jacob we're going to see here. So he dreamed a dream. Behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. This is verse 12, Genesis 28. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and of the God of Isaac, the land wherein you lie, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee, and in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Does that sound familiar? God is now speaking to the grandson of Abraham. And he's saying the same thing in this dream that he spoke over Abraham, that I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you. I'm going to multiply you. He said, your descendants are going to be like the dust spreading out to the north, south, east, and west. And he said, um, and behold, I am with thee and I will keep you in all these places. Now, here's, here's some good news in this. Now, I hope you're connecting the dots here. 
<laughs> Jacob is uh, he's afraid for his life. He's on the run. Esau, his man, his brother, has vowed to kill him because he stole the blessing. And here God is saying, "No, no, you're not going to die. You're going to have so many children that are going to be like the dust of the the ground to the north, south, east, and west." Now here's the good news. Remember when Abraham thought he was too old and it was too late? God said, "No." No, no, you're still going to have a son and you're going to have so much, you know, seed and you're going to have so much children that they're going to be like the stars of heaven and the sand on the shore. Here we got the same thing, only it's not that Jacob's too old. He thinks his brother's going to kill him. He think he thinks he's going to be so much in danger that he's going to be killed. And so the promise won't come to pass. But God's saying, nope. He visits him in this dream. And he says in verse 15 of Genesis 28, behold, I am with you. And I'm going to keep you in the places whither you go, and I will bring you again into this land, and I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you. So no matter what threat you might feel, don't let go of my word. And how many know that's a word for you and I, men? No matter what threat, no matter what fears we might be facing, no matter what situations might be speaking to us, intimidating us, threatening us, putting anxiety and fear into our thoughts and minds. We have the word of the Lord. We have the word of God. We have the promise that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We have the promise that if God did not withhold his only begotten son, but delivered him up for us all, then how and why would he not freely give us all things? And so just like he was speaking to Jacob in this dream, He's spoken to us through his word. And verse 16, Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. (laughs) You know, sometimes if we're going by our feelings and we're going by our circumstances, we don't even think the Lord's with us. But that's just a lie. We can all be deceived by our feelings and deceived by our emotions and tricked by circumstances. And he's got a viable threat. I mean, in the natural, he's no match for his brother. He's already made that clear. Esau was a strong man of the of the woods and the field, and he was a hunter. And Jacob was just not. And Jacob knew that if this was just a showdown, uh, I'm toast. And so the threat was real. The, the threat was viable. And yet the word of God is also true. And the word of God says, I'm with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to bring you into this. And so here he is saying, wow, God is in this place, and I didn't even know it. God is with me, and I didn't even know it. I want you to declare today, God is with me. God is for me. I mean, speak it out loud. God is with me. God is for me. Amen. I agree. He is. He's with us. And he's for us. Now, verse 17, Jacob, it says he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? I mean, the fear of God was all over him. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And Jacob arose early in the morning, took the stones that he had put forth as pillows, set them up as a pillar, and poured oil all over them, created an altar, and named that place Bethel. Bethel. But the name of that city was called Luz at the first. It was Now he renamed it House of God. And Jacob vowed a vow. Oh, here, more words. See, remember when he stole the blessing? 
from his brother Esau. He said, I want your birthright, so I want you to swear. I want you to vow. And the way he stole the blessing was to get Esau to vow, to swear, to use words, and to give it to him. We're learning a lot, men, about the power of our words. That life and death, blessing and cursing are in our words. So Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me, and the promise was that he would, so he says, now if God will be with me, and will keep me in this way that I will go and I will and if he will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God see every generation even though there's this generational blessing every generation has to come to faith I shared in a previous uh, uh, podcast that you know my sons grew up in a household of faith but they have to come to faith and they're going to give that opportunity to their children. But their children will still have to come to faith. So every generation has to come to faith. And so it was with Jacob. He he had his grandpa uh, Abraham. He had his dad Isaac. And now he he's coming to faith. He's walking this thing out. He's received the blessing. And he said, if it is so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set forth as a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give the tenth, that's the tithe, unto thee. Uh Uh-oh. He just brought the tithe into our conversation. Yes, he did. So remember back when Abraham was selected by God Genesis 18:19 he says behold i know abraham that he will he will guide his house in the way of the lord that they keep and do justice and do righteousness and that he would you know uh, guide his he would lead in his home where faith is concerned and then there was a place where he had to go rescue his nephew lot and he did that he won a great victory and then later he conquered some kings of salem not salem but uh, some kings of some countries round about. And there Melchizedek, king of Salem, came to visit him. He was the high priest and the king of Salem. And it says there Abraham gave tithes, 10%, to Melchizedek of all of the spoils. And he told those kings, I'm not taking nothing from you, lest you say you made Abraham rich. And so both in Abraham, and you have examples in Isaac, and now we have an example in Jacob, that part of honoring God was giving God a tenth of all the increase, of all the spoils, of all that God added to him. It's one of the ways of the Lord. And a lot of times tithing, this is an important way to lead in our finances and to lead in faith in our home is to trust God by realizing that 10% of all we're increased with does not even belong to us. Malachi talks about returning it to the Lord. And where there's a a judgment brought in Malachi where God says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. And so when we take what belongs to him, the tenth, and we don't bring offerings as he's requested and commanded that we do, then in one way you could say we're taking from God, we're robbing from God. And so having a 
a spiritual discipline and practice of worship, of, of bringing our finances. You know, Jesus was the one who connected our heart with our finances. It wasn't some greedy preacher on TV, as some people like to always hammer that. It wasn't about that. No, God, actually Jesus, was the one who said, where your heart is or where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So all you got to do is look at a person's checkbook. Most people don't even have those anymore, but look at your debit card (laughs) record. Look at your online portal to your bank account. Just look at your spending and see. You'll see where your heart is. It's just a fact. Me, you, all of us. Where your money goes, where your treasure goes, where your time goes, thats it's not just money, but your time, everything valuable to you, you, you prioritize it and give it to what's important. And so here, um, Jacob's having to wrestle with this, and he said, listen, you bring this to pass, you, you, you save me from my brother who's trying to kill me, and you bring me back into this land. And then God, you will be the Lord. And and he said, And this stone I have set up as a pillar, it'll be the house of God. Of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth unto you. So he vowed a vow to be a tither. I'll say that again. Jacob vowed a vow to be a tither. So when people say, Well, tithing, that's just under the law. Well, have you noticed? We have not even got to Moses yet. I mean, Moses isn't even on the scene. Moses hasn't even been born. And the Ten Commandments haven't been given. The laws have not been given to Israel yet. In fact, we're still dealing with Jacob, who's not even become Israel yet. See, Israel was what the the change of names. See, Jacob meant subplanter, deceiver. And he's about to reap some of what he sowed. He might have been doing the will of God. He might have received the blessing of God. But what you sow, you reap. And he deceived his brother. He tricked him twice. And he's about to receive multiple interest back on that deception as he goes forward to find a wife in the house of Laban. But I wanted to not skip over this important point that he has vowed a vow to be a tither. This is not about the issue of the law. This is the ways of the Lord that we we put God first. It's it's about Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So this money test, this test with our substance, bring bring ye uh, the first fruits of all your increase. It talks about in Proverbs 3. Bring it into the house of God. Um, talks about it in Malachi 3. Lots of places that we could kind of veer from this path and talk about. But I wanted to at least high, excuse me, just at least highlight right there that Jacob vowed a vow that he was going to be a tither like his daddy was and like his granddaddy was. And so he's he's vowing that in relationship to God. And so now he gets to Laban's house. Because remember, he was sent out. He's fleeing from Esau. He gets to Laban's house. He's looking for a wife. And verse 15, let's go Genesis 29. Genesis 29, And Laban said unto Jacob, Because you are my brother, uh, should you therefore serve me for nothing? No. Tell me what your wages will be. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the oldest was Leah, and the youngest was Rachel. Leah was a tender-eyed uh, woman, 
and Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. So Laban said, It is better that I give her to thee than I should give her to one of the other men that abide with me. And so Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed but a few days for he loved her so much. I think he was smitten. <laughs> he was smitten, 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 because to work for seven years and to think, man, that was nothing. It was worth it. She must have been quite a lady. Well, verse 21, Genesis 29, Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife. My days are fulfilled. I, I paid my debt. And Laban gathered together all the men, had a big feast, had a big ceremony. And verse 24, And Laban gave unto uh, his daughter Leah Zilpah his handmaid for uh, for a handmaiden. And it came to pass in the morning, uh, behold, it was Leah. So they went into the wedding tent, and uh, <laughs> Laban did a little switcheroo and put Leah in the tent, and uh, <laughs> Jacob went into uh, Leah and woke up in the morning and saw that it was Leah, and he says, verse 25, What is this you've done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why have you beguiled me? He tricked him. Well, here's the tricker saying, Why did you trick me? Did you see what I said? He, he's going to reap some of what he sowed. You know, this it's spiritual law. What a man sows, that shall he reap. And Laban said, It must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the, your service, which you have served me yet seven more years. So he said, Okay, okay, I'll give you Rachel too, but give Leah her first week, and then I'll give you I'll give you Rachel too, but you're gonna have to serve me another seven years for Rachel. So Laban, verse twenty nine, gave Rachel his and his daughter, um, his daughter Bilhah, his handmaid, to her. So, so you see what's happened here. Jacob has received two wives in two weeks. He worked the seven years to get the one, and now he's he's obligated for seven more because he got Rachel too. So he's got two wives here in two weeks, and not only the wives Leah, but he's also got Leah's handmaid and not only Rachel but Rachel's handmaid and so you got four women in the house here and he went also into Rachel and he loved her he actually loved her more than Leah and then he began serving the seven years that's verse 30 of Genesis 29 turning the page verse 31 and when the Lord saw that Leah was hated he opened her womb but Rachel was barren now, this is where the story gets, I mean, my goodness, the, this story, God, this God story has so many twists and turns. And the only reason we're taking all the time to, to just kind of weave through all these little details is because that's what our life looks like. We have so many twists and turns to life, so many ups and downs to life. And sometimes when we hear the promise of God, the enemy gets in there and he tries to then say, but not for you. Look at what your life has been. Not for you. Look at what you chose. Not for you. Look at what you did. Not for you. And he he 
connives and he works against us in the warfare of our mind to try to argue with us and to excuse us away from the blessing of God, the favor of God, the increase of God, the destiny God has for our lives. And so going through these stories, we see God can be with us no matter what we're going through, whether we chose it or whether we're experiencing the result of what others chose, and therefore now we're in that time of difficulty, that time of stress, that time of challenge. So here now, Leah's going to begin having children, and she has Reuben, and she has Simeon, and she has Levi, and she has Judah. Some of those names sound familiar. These are the 12 sons of Israel. Now, he's not Israel yet. He's still Jacob, but he's starting to have children. And Leah, the oldest, which he didn't want and didn't like, but was his wife. And so she starts conceiving, must like her enough to sleep with her because he's having children. So there's Reuben, the firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah. And when Rachel saw that she bare no children, she envied her sister and said unto Jacob, give me children or I die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against, this is Genesis 30 now. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, Am I in God's stead? Who who withheld from you the fruit of the womb? And he said, Behold, my handmaid Bilna, this is what Rachel said, she offers the handmaid, go into her, and she shall bear upon my knees, and it shall be that I'll have children by her. And so <laughs> Jacob obliged, and uh, he went into the her servant girl, and she bare Naphtali, and she bare Gad, and she bare Asher. And so jump down to verse 17 of, of chapter 30, Genesis. God hearkened unto Leah, and she conceived now and bare a fifth son. So it's kind of like dueling banjos. I don't mean to cheapen this. I'm just saying we've got to have some fun with this because I'm telling you, this is some serious family drama. And so now um, Leah starts having children. Again, and it bears a fifth child, and this one is called Issachar. And then she bears a sixth one named Zebulun. And you can read about their names, what their names mean. A lot of detail here in these chapters that we're just, we're not going to stop and get um, into some of those details because we're trying to focus in this the power of the blessing. Because what did Hebrews say in verse uh, chapter 11, verse 20 and 22? That these men blessed Jacob and Esau. They blessed the two sons of Joseph. But we're seeing how that blessing is working and how many children are a blessing. However, these children and this home is very, very intense. You can imagine, you basically are, you got four women having children and there's jealousy, there's envy, there's hurt, there's rejection, and these children are being born into this home. And so then Zebulun was born, and then God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and he now opened her womb, because the only children she had given before was through her, her handmaiden, Bilhah. But now, verse 22 of Genesis 30 He remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb, and she conceived and bare a son. God has taken away my reproach. That's what Rachel said. And she called his name 
Joseph. Joseph. Now that's the man that when we get to verse 21 of Hebrews 11, that's the man who had the sons that his daddy Jacob or Israel ends up blessing Manasseh and Ephraim. And that's what was referenced in Hebrews 11.21. But we haven't even got to that place yet because Jacob is still Jacob. He's not even Israel yet. And now he's just now getting this son, Joseph, from the wife he chose, Rachel. And the only child he'd had by Rachel was through the handmaid. Now he's actually got his first child through Rachel. And Rachel was the chosen wife. Leah was the given wife. but So you see, it was the favored wife. Now we've got a favored child. And I'm sure you know the rest of the story on some of this. This is Joseph who received the coat of many colors. This is Joseph who became the favored child. And it came to pass when Rachel bore Joseph, Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place, to my own country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee. Let me go. You know my service, which I have done. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in your eyes, this is Genesis thirty twenty seven. tarry with me, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sakes. The Lord has blessed me for your sakes. And of course, if you just move forward in this journey, he stays with him, and that's where you get the story of where um, he was working the cows, and he began to separate the herds by putting the striped rods and the plain rods, and he he basically took the best cattle away from. He began to trick his his uncle, and took the best cows and the, and the runty cows he was leaving with them. It, it's quite a story. But I'm just telling you, there's some serious drama. There's financial drama. There's business drama. There's there's spouses drama. There's children. There's a lot going on here in these chapters. But this should encourage us to realize that God can weave that thread of redemption through our family, through our home, through our marriage, or maybe our second marriage, or whatever situation you're in. Never give up on God's ability to redeem and to restore and to reset. As long as we come through Jesus Christ, as long as we bring our life through him and live our life in him, he can reset and restore and redeem and rebuild and replant any of us, men. And that's hopeful. There's a lot of men who need to know that. There's a lot of young children who need to know that. And they need a father or a father figure speaking into their life. And in fact, Laban went on to change Jacob's wages 10 different times. And that's that's recorded in Genesis 31, verse 7, where he says, your father, talking to his wife, your father deceived me and changed my wages 10 times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. He, he left blessed. And so this is kind of where we're going to wrap up here today. We're going to pick up our our study here in the life of Joseph because we have to get to verse 21 because that's where Joseph is going to have Jacob, who at some point is going to become Israel, and we'll find that out in next week's podcast. And this is going to have a lot to say to us. But here's the encouragement. God is with us, men. He's with us no matter where we're at, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we're struggling with. If we just come to Jesus, 
if we just come to Jesus in humble faith, sincere faith, and let him speak to us, let him correct us, let him adjust us, let him speak life to us, and let his favor be upon us, let his blessing be upon us, then our life can stay on course in redemption. Our life can stay on course and get back on course if needed through the power of the blessing, through the power of redemption. Because in Christ Jesus, Romans 8 says, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are joint heirs. If Jesus is your Lord, you've said yes in your heart to Jesus. You've come home in your heart to the Father through Jesus. Because Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but through, through me. No person comes to the Father but through me. So if you have come home in your heart through Jesus Christ and you have said yes to Jesus, then the Bible says you are, we are, joint heirs together with him. So we need to think blessed. We need to speak blessed. And we need to be speaking that blessing over our families, speaking that blessing in our home. I love what a very dear brother of the faith here um, here at Mariah Ranch, Brother Jerry Murphy, said, The blessing means no lack, no debt, unlimited supply, and continual increase. No lack, no debt, continual increase, unlimited supply. That's what we have in Christ in the kingdom of God. So we need to be thinking blessed, we need to be speaking blessed, and we need to be releasing that blessing over future generations. We need to be releasing that blessing in our homes. We need to be releasing that blessing in our marriages. We need to be releasing that blessing over our children and our grandchildren. And so, Father, I just thank you for the the men that are joining me today here on Marksman. And I thank you that you're working in our hearts. You're working in our lives. You're working and weaving that thread of redemption. You're leading us down the right path. You're getting us back on the right path. And God, I just thank you for my brothers in Christ. I thank you for every brother who's been marked by Christ, that you're working and your blessing is on them. And so now in the name of Jesus, I just release and speak that blessing over them by saying this. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, men, and lift up his countenance. He's in a good mood towards you today. And may he give you peace.